The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Christine Upchurch Show. If you're listening live, you might be listening on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area or on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. If you're listening after the fact, you might be listening on one of the dozens of podcasts this ends up or on christineupchurch.com. But wherever and whenever, we're so grateful you've joined us here, and I think you're going to be grateful too. But before we tell you who's here, and and we're real excited about our guests, I want to say hello to, first of all, Olivia, are you there at TTR, Transformation Talk Radio? Yeah, I'm here. Hi. Hey, Olivia. And Benny, Mr. Benny Mathers. Hey there, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. And on the video, if you can do it, there's my thumb. If you're watching online, I'm also streaming here at the radio station too. So my thumb is speaking next to your face. You can look at the video later for that. (laughs) And and, and all I can see is myself at this point. That's totally fine. Just get the visual. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, you know, we're we're getting a little quarantine silly today. um, And it's- How'd you guess? uh, (laughs) good place to be because there's a certain heaviness in the world right now and and um yet in this moment things are great things are great at least in my world and i hope they're great in your world as well um i think that there are many of us right now who've been thinking what the heck is the plan you know like we've been working so hard doing our own inner work um and and looking towards something bigger and better for our world and here we are in the middle of a pandemic and there's a lot of heaviness and it's illuminating a lot of dysfunction in our world Um, and I think that sometimes we'll ask ourselves is this a part of a bigger plan does the universe have a plan for us collectively and also does it have a plan for us individually well our guest today who is a YouTube sensation is going to answer that for us in some profound and probably humorous ways as well. But I'm not going to tell you who our guest is until we take our quick 60 second break. We're going to go and make sure that all the technology is in alignment. We can see everybody on the various cameras. You know, we've got some new challenges now technologically, and we'll see you on the other side of this 60 second break. Stay tuned. The vibration of change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. 
Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm so excited about our guest today. We have Matt Kahn on the show today. Now, he's best-selling author of several books. Okay, I'm going to make sure that this shows up here. This was his first, Whatever Arises, Love That. Beautiful book. Book number two, Everything is Here to Help You. Both best-selling books. And he's got a new book out. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Yeah, right? Yes, but wait, there's more. Yes, many. And it is an amazing book. Um, with great wisdom, and he does some spiritual myth-busting, and, and for those of you who follow me, with the top 20 myths about spirituality, and really there are far more than 20, I, it, it's near and dear to my heart. Now, as I said before, Matt Kahn is a YouTube sensation. I think at this point, it's, he's had over 17 million views on YouTube. Gosh, I think that may have actually beaten Brene Brown. Anyway, um, He has been listed as one of the 100 most spiritually influential people living in the world today by Watkins Magazine. And he's he's a spiritual teacher. He's highly empathic. And his his teachings for me aren't so kind of up here esoteric. He takes that, that higher frequency vibration, that higher wisdom, and brings it into our daily reality in a way that we can apply it, in a way that we can laugh at ourselves about it, um, and in a way that can help us to shift. And he has some really profound things to say. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Matt Kahn. Hey, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. So nice to have you here. And, you know, yes, we're, we're quarantine silly today. And, <laughs> and um, yes, it's, the world is, a different place than it was a couple of months ago. Um, yes, that's for, that's for sure. And, you know, before we get into our conversation here, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going mm. to read the first paragraph of your new book, the wow. introduction here, if I can read it here. Okay. And I, and I, I think it's just so prescient. You've reached a turning point in your reality, a moment in time where the things that used to hold your interest fail to provide the comfort they once did. You may not know where things are headed, but you can clearly sense everything, sorry, I can't read this, everything, no, a withering away of how things used to be. It's a time of transformation where the dissolving of relationships or roles makes room for new experiences to be birthed. It is much like a spiritual form of empty nest syndrome, a time of big change and loss. Now, I know that based on the way this book is written, it's for the individual, Matt. And yet, that's a perfect perspective on what's going on today. And I know that there's this perfection in the timing. But did when you were writing this, did you have any real sense that this was going to be a message to the collective? <clears throat> it's amazing because when you when you read that, I can remember where I was when I wrote it, and I was going through a very raw time in my life, and I was going through a deep transformation uh, in my personal life. And and I, when I wrote this book, <clears throat> I had this intuitive sense of I am capturing lightning in a bottle. And I remember after I'd write a page or a paragraph or even a chapter, 
I would press save on my computer so many times to make sure like, okay, do not erase this. This is amazing. It was just flowing out of me so quickly and expediently and incredibly. I knew I was redefining the laws of the universe into a more modern day perspective. Um, And I knew that this was like my love letter to humanity, but I honest to God had no clue that it would be published and coming out at a time when the world would need this the most. I honestly had no idea. Funny, the book title is Universe Always Has a Plan. I, as intuitive as I am, did not know the plan the universe had for this book. So Mm -hmm. in such a humbling way, it is such an honor to know that while we are going through this global uncertainty, that this book can be like a guiding light and a handbook and a reference for everyone who wants to make the most of this time and come out the other end truly more remarkable than ever before. Yeah. And um, the, the, as you said before, the, the book titles, the universe always has a plan as yes. crazy as it may seem to us right now, <laughs> right. the 10 golden rules of letting go. And mm. uh, again, you're speaking <laughs> near and dear to my heart, that, that language of letting go, that, that, perspective of surrendering to what is, which I think so many people, myself included at moments, have a difficult time doing right now. Um, Why is letting go key? I think letting go is key because, you know, there's a balance in the universe. There's a balance between our free will and what it can affect and allowing enough space for the universe to work through us while we're affecting that free will. So because balance is always the key in every stage of spiritual development, I think that letting go, and of course, letting go doesn't mean we let go of the ability to make choices. It means we let go of our preoccupation or our insistence of my life has to look like this or become this static model in order for me to be happy, fulfilled, and free. So when we're letting go, we're letting go of what we think is our ideal reality that we're moving towards. And we're saying, the universe knows what I want. The universe is within me. The universe probably knows me better than I know myself. And I am the universe at the same time, which is a complex balance. But the universe knows what I want. The universe is always bringing me what I need. And what if I were to let go of looking for proof in my life at every turn. And if things aren't a specific way or if things aren't the way I hope that they become, then I'm shut down, I'm disempowered, and I'm unable to participate in my life. What if I let go and what if I put aside what I am waiting to happen and I just made the best with the way things are? And so really letting go is when we say, okay, things are always gonna get better, Everything is here to help me, second book title. Um, And the universe does have a plan. And what if I stopped holding my breath, stopped waiting for the self-quarantining to end, you know, stop tuning in every five minutes of when is the curve flattening and say, you know what, I'm here. Let's unpack my luggage. Let's move in and let's make the best of this experience. And what we find throughout history is those who face adversity and make the best with it often become the greatest artists that inspire so many, even when their time on this planet is done. Hmm, Interesting. So letting go, to me, that means that by definition, we can't be worrying about the past, can't be 
anxious about the future, we have to be in the here and now. Yes. Why is the magic in the now? I think the magic is in the now because that's where two things exist. And they're actually the same thing seen from two different perspectives. The magic is being totally open to infinite possibilities and giving the universe the most amount of room to work its magic in your life. When you are just open and saying, I don't know how this is going to happen. I know it is so. And I just let it happen by all miraculous possibilities. You're open. But most people experience openness by the ego's judgment of openness, which is called uncertainty. So here we are at a global level going through this pandemic, and everyone's in a state of uncertainty, which is actually a state of openness that's being judged as uncertainty because we're used to operating in egos that need things to be certain or in a static fixed position of understanding. And what's amazing to realize is that even when things are certain, it doesn't mean that's the way things are really happening. It's just the way we think it's happening. So right now we're in a state of uncertainty where the way we thought things were happening are not. Things have changed dramatically. And if we actually relax our bodies into the state of uncertainty and face it without apprehension, what we find is we're actually stripping away the judgment we have on openness. And instead of calling it uncertain, it's really a gateway into the most miraculous possibilities the universe has been truly preparing us all to manifest and receive. So you mentioned this in your book and you just mentioned it now, Matt. Um, you talked about the physical connection. Mm. Why is it that we need to relax our bodies in order to be um, into that space of the now with the infinite possibilities. When you relax the body, you are unwinding the nervous system. And when you unwind the nervous system, you become worthy to have more miraculous experiences than any time in your past. So basically, the definition of what we attract indirectly is a relationship between what is familiar or foreign to the subconscious mind which then instructs the nervous system what to be opened or closed to. If we can relax our nervous systems through being with our breath, self-love, greater self-care, moments of, moments of reflection, taking walks in nature, if we can balance ourselves out into a state of peace, more often than not, we are telling our nervous systems, we're almost reversing the process, and we're saying to our nervous systems, Everything is safe here, no matter how it looks or seems to others. And then your nervous system, as it relaxes, starts to develop the worthiness to welcome in greater miracles beyond our um, conceptual comprehension. And then the nervous system that develops the worthiness to welcome, welcome in more miraculous possibilities then instructs the subconscious mind to make more miraculous experiences familiar to you versus foreign. And it's a way in which we shift the way we manifest, not because of what we desire, but because of how much peace we're anchoring, which increases our worth, amplifies our safety, and allows the universe the space to bring us what it's always planned to deliver into our lives. You know, um, what I call the vibration of change is that place energetically attached, attached to the here and now. Mm. And um, it doesn't mean that necessarily we're, we're consciously there embracing it. You know, we might get there by being in nature or, you know, finding our way there yeah. one way or another. Um, 
interacting with a healer, whatever. And but I think of the sort of the quantum physics of it. We're both particle and wave, right? Just like yeah. the quantum levels, you know, we, we're the particle form of, of reality. You know, we're, we're here and now in this physical body, but we're also waves of potential. Yes. And so for us to be riding one of those waves of our great potential, we need to be attracted energetically to the here and now so yeah. that we can ride the, that wave. And, and so it's, it's a matter of, you know, we spend so much time resisting, like, not this, not this, I want that over there. But if yeah. you can't be in the here and now, energetically yeah. speaking, then it makes it really difficult to, you know, ride that wave of potential that the universe has for us. Yeah, and, and I think just to make it easier for people who are listening to this and some of the some of the things I've been deconstructing lately, because I, I always like to, you were, you were alluding at the beginning, I like to take teachings and flip them, turn them around. How can we make it more functional? Um, and, and I think the biggest stumbling block and what inspired this book that I, that I wrote is that people know what to do on a spiritual path at a certain point. We should forgive, we should accept, we should love, we should be present, we should be in the here and now. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this big list of shoulds. And my job and what I believe my purpose is, is to say, okay, that's, that's the goal. How do we functionally get there? One of the recent teachings I, I came up with that is really amazing about how to enter the present moment, which we're talking about, is a flip I did where I said, the present moment is not actually something you can enter. It's actually something you can't escape. And so as people are listening to this, because when you're thinking about the, the past, yeah. your body's in the present moment, but obviously your mind is somewhere else. If you're thinking about the future, same things. But what if we could make it easy? Because I meet with a lot of people, whether in sessions or at events, and they get intimidated by being in the here and now, and it becomes another thing to maintain and to micromanage. So what right. if we sat with the present moment is something I can't escape, that everything is always now, even when I'm saying it's something then or up ahead. And if we can just feel into our bodies, what is it like when there's a present moment not to enter, but that I can't escape? And if you feel a sigh and a relaxation, that tells us that that's the more appropriate teaching for the purposes of relaxing our nervous systems amplifying safety, increasing self-worth, and really turning this whole conditioning into a new consciousness for ourselves and for the planet. Matt, you talk a lot about conditioning. What do you mean by that? Conditioning being the patterning that we develop from our childhood, the patterns we take on from our families, where we subconsciously have a belief growing up that in order to be better liked by other people, I have to be more like other people. And so, and, and if we're in families where there's emotional volatility, we often take on the patterning and conditioning traits of the person we feel either the most afraid of or the least connected to. So to resolve the disconnection by saying, I don't feel connected to their heart, so I'll feel more connected by being one with them by actually almost becoming them. And so we, we, we take on these personas, these layers of beliefs of uh, patterning of the repetition of choice. And at a certain point of awakening, we realize, oh my God, I am who I am, but the way I'm acting and presenting myself is almost just the continuation of other people I've encountered up to this point. Mm. And awakening is a process where if we think of conditioning like layers of blankets that are covering us, each moment of realization is like stripping away one of these blankets. 
to where all of a sudden we're not seeing through five layers of blankets. We're just looking directly and we're saying, what choice is good for me that is not a continuation of my family's patterning and is not making sure that I'm only making decisions that make other people happy with my choices? What is it that is just for me as a free, unique, and autonomous expression of spirit that's here to live out a unique purpose? And so as we awaken, as we love ourselves, as we address the nervous system, as we make life safe, a safe place to be, no matter what pandemic is going on, no matter how much self-quarantining, we find that as we awaken, we actually wind up becoming who we are meant to be and not just a unique continuation of our family's patterning. And this is very much happening on purpose. It is the cornerstone of awakening. And it is really how we as human beings in healing these patterns are actually clearing karma for our ancestral lineages. And because we're all connected as one, all the work we do in ourselves is always being done to affect and heal the collective. And so um, if I'm hearing you correctly, I think that a, a part of undoing our conditioning is also shifting our love of self from conditional love yes. to real love. Yes. And, you know, an interesting way to talk about conditioning that I'm not, I've talked about a few times, but uh, not lately, is when I was unraveling my conditioning and I was always, I was never doing it like I'm trying to scrub it out at a quick pace to get to some better reality. I, that was never my approach, but I asked myself this question one day and I thought, if I was an angel guiding the life of my parents when they were alive, what advice would I give them, like action steps for them to evolve their soul? Or I would also ask a different question of what are the most empowered, positive, inspiring choices that both of my parents were either afraid or the most resistant to make? And I cleared my family conditioning by making those the choices I started making as regularly as possible. So for example, my family, I was raised in a standard American diet. I was raised on fast food and frozen foods and perhaps all the ingredients is what activated my psychic abilities. I don't know, but <laughs> there's no better proof that you are an infinite expression of the divine than surviving a childhood on that kind of food. And right. so my family would never really eat healthy. I was raised in the eighties when it really, you know, health was something you did for a temporary amount of time until your doctor told you you were out of the woods. Right. My, my family, you know, they, we like delicious food, but I was, it wasn't until I became into cooking that I really got into organic, sustainable, all this stuff. Sure. So when, when I would realize my family did not have a value for health, they only valued health from the fear of a diagnosis. Uh-huh. And, I, and I was raised, when I was very young, I had a surgery when I was first born. So I, I never really knew what it was like to feel good. And so I said to myself, what my parents lack is the ability to value health in a sustainable and regular way. And not just me making like healthy choices like my parents would sometimes God rest their souls, where we eat healthy for a few days so we can build up some equity and welcome in some <laughs> inventory and yeah. all the normal stuff. But instead I said, I'm gonna actually be so healthy on a regular basis so that these choices drill all the way down into my identity. And I literally become the living example of what my parents couldn't actually embrace. And by doing it, I actually cleared all the memories and pain of my family's upbringing and of my early upbringing. And I didn't have to actually address each memory one by one. I just became what my parents lacked 
And I would feel energetically that even as I would do this, not only am I energetically helping the world become primed for a healthier lifestyle, but energetically, I'm actually helping my parents' soul in heaven actually learn and become what they couldn't in the earth plane. Interesting. Interesting. So your book has 10 golden rules. It does. I e- each and every one is filled with wisdom. <laughs> Thank you. Some of them are counterintuitive to the... Uh, to the dogma within the consciousness community. Of course, I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was my intention. I hope I did it well. Yes, yes. And I, I love that you're challenging things because I think that yeah. um, our consciousness movement, the, the the new age movement that formed yeah. with the early 1970s, you know, post Vietnam War era when people were looking at the way the world was and saying, you know what, I don't like the politics, I don't like war. I don't like this, the status quo, you know, we Mm. need to shift things and they open to new things. And here we are again in this this place of being stuck and it's time to kind of open, you know, the the gates a little bit more. Um, So what's, what's one of your golden rules? Well, it's interesting because, you know, you talk about post-Vietnam, like post-war and, you know, right now, and, you know, just what I feel like, we are eventually going to be very, you know, short about a time, could be months, not years. We're going to be in another post-war. But right now, the war we're in is a war on truth. Oh, uh, uh, yes. Right? And it's a war yes. on truth. And it's it's called the cleverness of perspectives and biases. And here's what we're going to present because of what we're trying to initiate, whether it's politically or socioeconomically or whatever. Here's how we right. want people to respond. So we, we present it this way. Right now we are living in a, a existential war on truth. And of course, truth's gonna win and love is the force of truth un- unwinding it in, in the world. Um, and I think if I think into those 10 golden rules, which off the top of my head, I couldn't even tell you the 10 if I, if I tried, but the uh-huh. one that really resonates the most in this moment is Everything changes, but it can only change you for the better. And I just want to remind everyone on this planet that's listening to this, yes, everything is changing. Yes, we're not going to go back to the way the life used to be, and and we shouldn't because the world was dysfunctional, and now we need to have a more sustainable reality, and things will be lost, and more things will be gained. But the rule of the universe is if you can learn to give things time, is that while everything changes, it only changes you for the better. It will only change the world for the better. And what's going to happen is out of this war on truth, we're going to actually have a world that is more aligned in truth, which creates a humanity that insists that its leaders and its media outlets are aligned with that same degree of authentic truth that people are really coming to right now. So this is really what I find is really exciting. And I think that um, from my perspective, we can only focus on um, the, the, the personal, how, how we, we can become better because sure. if we keep looking at the external world, yeah, we can see there's a lot getting illuminated. But for many people, they're like, oh, it's worse. It's terrible. You know, it's so <laughs> right. corrupt. And um, so that's that internal connection and perspective of, oh, I can only get better from this. That mm-hmm. is important um, so that we don't just look to the external world and say, hey, you know, I've been meditating for 25 years. Why right. isn't it this positive place that I, I you know, I've been envisioning? Well, and, you know, I would say that it's actually the light workers of the world who have accelerated this process. Like, um, you know, if you had asked me like many weeks ago, or if, if many weeks ago, I had asked the universe, hey, when's ascension going to happen? 
you know, and I was told about a week and a half, like, <laughs> I would not expect that to be the answer. <laughs> I, I had always thought like, okay, I'm preparing the world for ascension. Maybe it won't happen in my lifetime. Uh-huh. Okay. No big deal. It will happen. Great. And then like two months ago, like life goes, well, light workers, you've been doing enough light work. You've been raising the vibration. And now you have thrust the entire world into a dark night of the soul collective reality. Mm-hmm. So what? So what's happening right now is we are watching a collapse of the old reality that is bringing about the heaven on earth that while a lot of people don't see heavenly rays and hear heavenly choir singing at the moment, oh. we are seeing a massive deconstruction and, you know, from the erosion of the old unsustainable ways is only going to come the renewal of the kind of world that we have all been anchoring. But I would say that what we're seeing is the positive effects of what so many light workers have been anchoring and intending for so long. We just need to give it a little time to see what's blossoming instead of focusing on what's crumbling. This is fabulous. We have to go to a quick break, but stay tuned for more with Matt Kahn here in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. This is Debbie Pokornik with a moment for standing in your power. Self-control begins with noticing how different feelings present themselves in your body. When you're feeling sensitive, for example, your chin might quiver, tears might well up in your eyes, and your voice might catch in your throat. Anger on the other hand, might appear as tension in your jaw, back, or arms, along with clenched fists, heat in the upper torso, scowling, and a strong desire to yell. (laughs) The more aware you become of your body cues, the easier it will be to recognize when you're on the road to disaster. Choose the emotions that cause you problems, then start noticing and logging the body cues that come with them. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. That's EmpoweringNRG.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. 
Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm having a conversation today with the author of several best-selling books, and his latest is The Universe Always Has a Plan, The Ten Golden Rules of Letting Go, Matt Kahn. So, Matt, <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the fact that you're challenging some of the status quo. We were talking yeah. about how things are shifting right now. And you've got a bunch of golden rules. Yes. Um, one of the ones that I find so interesting is that you say hardships can be fast-tracked through thankfulness. Yes. Now, we're in a hardship right now from some people's perspectives. Although for some of us, it's kind of like the hardship is actually going out to the grocery store, you know, that we're, yeah. we're fine staying at home and doing our thing. Um and then, of course, there are plenty who are, are losing loved ones and having to face their great attachment and, and, and seeing how their future is going to change without them. They're, they're those that are having to work so hard to take care of society in, in, this, in this moment of, of transformation and, and some pain. Um, but you're saying that these hardships can move more quickly with greater flow if we're grateful. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, and I want to frame this, as I say this, with respect to people who have lost loved ones from COVID-19, those who have been diagnosed, um, you know, those who have lost jobs, <clears throat> business owners who are, who are no longer in business, tragically, including, you know, people who are waiting hours and lines at food banks and coming back with no food for their families, which is, you know, so I don't want to frame, I want to frame this with respect to every human experience that when we say hardships can be fast-tracked through thankfulness, what we're actually understanding is that the default setting of the human consciousness is that I am only trained to be grateful when bigger or better things or different things come into my reality. And if it's something that's there all the time, I don't treat it as something with greater value. I just treat it as that same old thing. Right, relationships, people relate to their partners, that same old person, this same old car, this same old circumstance. You know, if you've slowed down time enough, you wake up each day the same old pandemic. And what happens is as we shift our consciousness and we become co-creators of our reality, we realize that the more often we are grateful, now even if you've been stripped down to bare bones and you 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 can list more things that you lack than what you have. Sure. And by focusing on the gratefulness of what you actually have, you train your consciousness to not define through your emotional body your experiences based on how things look, but you train your consciousness to define your well-being and safety by the amount of gratefulness that you have for what you have in this moment. Mm -hmm. And then you can be someone who can be totally centered at peace, 
surrounded by a world that is going through a catastrophic unraveling. So we say, um, you know, adversities can be fast-tracked. The first thing we fast-track is our perception of adversity. And what shifts in us is that maybe the adversities don't change tangibly, but we start seeing it as an opportunity to transform and not a punishment of any kind. And then as we move into a different perception with adversity, then we actually start to see the adversity will change as we start to open up to a greater perspective. And what gets us from where we've been to where we could be is how often throughout the day can I be grateful for what I have? Knowing that we're so interconnected to all beings, the more amplified my gratitude practice is, the more gratitude I'm inspiring other people to have for what they have. So right. it, it really is a way that we're unraveling this really interesting pattern of modern day spiritual consumerism, where even though there's people that say, I can't be happy without this partner or this house, mm -hmm. spiritual beings are, are in the same thing. It's just the desires are, are more esoteric. And oh, once my chakras get activated, once I ascend, once you know I manifest the soulmate, all these things. But it, it's the same play, whether it's spiritual or not. And really the key is, can we take a break from believing that having bigger and better is going to give us bigger and better experiences and instead see that the fulfillment I'm looking for is actually going to be manifested and co-created through my will to focus more on being grateful than on looking at comparing this moment to the past or wondering how far away I am from the future that I'm holding my breath and waiting for. So it's a really, it's a really deep teaching Sounds simple on the surface, but when you really go deep, gratitude is actually the most powerful force and the most immediate way to vibrationally shift this planet instead of arguing with political leaders and trying to change their minds. Instead, we change the vibrational landscape and the new vibration that's brought through gratitude says, here's the new high vibration of the fifth dimension and these activities and these lies and deceptions don't work at this vibration and the universe shifts it for us. And one of the things I love about this is that um, you've lived this, all right? Yes. And it, I mean, yes. it was sad to hear about how as a child you were bullied yes. and beaten up a couple of times and, mm -hmm. and <laughs> you've healed that through gratitude. I have. How, how did you do that? So I got the, I always get intuitive downloads. I talk to the universe every day, like I'm talking to you, but that's how I talk to the universe every single day in an open sure. dialogue. And, you know, I, I had this inspiration come to me one day and, and it was a question that said, what if you were grateful for everything in your life? And of course, the first part of it was I'm grateful for my, for my face. I'm grateful for my toes and I'm grateful for my mac and cheese or whatever I was eating and um, grateful for my apartment. And, and, and then as it went deeper, the, the question was, can you be grateful for the worst things that ever happened to you? And for me, I was, I just wanted to try it. And I thought, I just started listing things in my mind, things that had happened to me. And I said, so-and-so, thank you for this gift. And I realized that what we hold in our bodies is cellular traumas. And again, of course, at a certain part of our life, we're going to carry around traumas of who did what to us, because right. that, that's the trauma and shock of deception, betrayal, abuse. Mm -hmm. And when we get to a certain level of awareness, and again, we have to get there 
by respecting the healing of trauma and we can't try to be where we're not because then we right. judge ourselves and it's a little dogmatic but when we can get to a place of saying wow i didn't appreciate what happened to me but i can't argue with the fact that here i am years later a better version of myself than i was if i really look at all the ways in which i've changed of and course if, if i can say thank you to the traumas in my life it doesn't mean i like what happened then the cellular memory label trauma is now shifted into the vibration of gift and that immediately clears those memories away which is an indirect way of facing and healing our traumas and clearing it on a cellular level versus the the traditional way of therapizing it which at certain levels of healing that's absolutely essential but if right. you're someone who's been in that therapeutic tailspin for so many years and you're not making good headway right you're getting clear about it but you're not out of the loop then something like this is going to be a savior and really what's interesting is that i just tested it myself and i this is a practice i do still to this day although i don't harbor any grudges in my life but i literally look at everything as what is the gift this is bringing me what is the gift of opportunity what is the gift of choice this is bringing me how is this making me to a better person even if it's someone who's having a bad day thank you for the chance to participate and bless you and be a part of your transformation even if someone does something that i might think on a moralistic level is appalling thank you for reminding me how deeply aligned i am with my values and may be returned to the light as well so at a certain point love is so powerful gratitude is so powerful it will change the way you think it will change the way you relate with life it will make other people around you who don't see it this way think you're crazy yeah however you will start seeing life from a rather transformed uh expanded and transcendental point of view and it all comes down to you don't have to like what happened but can you find the gift that it gave you yeah and if we do get triggered i mean you know you're at a very advanced place where yeah. you can bless the yeah. person who's cutting you off in traffic sure um, but if we get triggered it, it also illuminates something for us that needs to be you know faced or have some awareness have some sure. compassion towards and and that in and of itself is a gift well, and even when you get triggered to say to yourself, "Hey, thank you for triggering an emotion that you didn't create, but just reminded me was always within me. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to have an even more intimate relationship with a feeling that is so uncomfortable because if I'm going to have a better relationship with an uncomfortable feeling, that just tells me how much I'm about to transform and heal in myself. Thank you for the opportunity to help make difficult emotions easier for the world to feel." by how much more openly i surrender into feeling it so even when you're triggered it's not a matter of i failed on the scorecard of my spiritual daily evolution it's wow thank you for triggering me even if it's simply saying thank you for triggering me so i learn not to judge myself for being triggered and can accept my humanness equal to the divinity that i spend so much time chasing after amen to that yeah it's powerful and you know i think that there are a lot of people out there who think that um the things that manifest in their lives can be punishment or can be evidence of the wrong vibration what yeah. do you say about that 
You know, it's a way we can look at things, but it certainly isn't true because, you know, when you know, it's amazing how people who are so set and gung ho on wanting to manifest certain things by any means necessary are willing to believe things that aren't true and are very superstitious just because, well, if it happens to be true, then it will give me a little bit of an evolutionary edge, right? The idea that um, someone manifested an illness because of a vibration, you know, or, and if we take this conversation quickly in a radical direction, you know, and I've had conversations with this and I said, so, hey, how about the people who are starving in a third world country? Their eyes are glowing with pure light. They seem pretty happy. What about that vibration? And people don't want to have that kind of conversation because the, the, the superstitious concept can't go across the board. It doesn't really jive. You know, we, we, there, there, there's a very interesting phenomenon in the self-help genre, in the spiritual genre, that says, if I can oversimplify it, then it will make sense. But just because it makes sense doesn't mean it's true. And so the idea that everything is vibration, vibration simply determines your level of resilience. So for example, if you fall down, high vibration means I get myself up, I dust myself off and I keep going and I don't make a conclusion about that experience. I bless whoever was a part of the experience and this is not gonna be a negative story that I repeat to 10,000 people today when they ask me how I'm doing. And if you're in a low vibration, you get pushed to the ground, you stay on the floor, why I manifest it, who did I upset? Was this because I put a little Susie off the tricycle when I was five years old and God is being a dogmatic, vindictive narcissist? Uh -huh. And then I pick myself up and every time I talk on the phone, you wouldn't believe it, blah, blah, blah happened. And we start cycling in that negative vict victimhood trajectory. So yeah. really- Or, or the, yeah. the, the self-judgment of- Sure. I created the wrong vibration that yeah, attracted no. my falling down. No. Uh, why did I do that? That spiritual ego that likes to keep us down. Oh, well, it likes to control things. It likes to understand things. It likes to think that it is the reason why everything happens. And it's the part of us that says, I'm willing to believe in imaginary forms of punishment because at least with enough punishment, life will switch to the other side of reward. But what uh, we are, so there's this interesting little secondary yeah. game. But when, when we really wake up, what we find is that life is of infinite reward with no punishment. Punishment is just how the ego perceives a depth of change it wasn't prepared for. But the irony is that the ego is never ready to change. So everything that isn't what it wants is a punishment. And only what it wants, which is like, what, three things in any given moment, is a, is a reward. So it's a very small lens of perspective. So when we talk about vibration, vibration is simply how do you cope with stress? How often do you anchor peace? How likely are you to be grateful? How graceful are you when things don't go your way? And are you able to simply respond with the poise and the alignment of your soul? Or are you still looking for more things to seek and more things to fight. And so when we raise our vibration, we raise our vibration so we can become the most resilient expressions of ourselves. And from that perspective, we go, everything always changes, but I now can feel in my bones, it only changes me for the better. And I'm willing to change and feel worthy of change instead of chasing or running away from the change that is really seeking me. So resiliency is one of those things that 
shows that we've done a lot of inner work. Yes. yes. Um, and it seems like we're being kind of forced to mm -hmm. either be resilient or, you know, scream out, you know, because mm -hmm. we don't have the control, but because so much control has been taken away from us, you know, the, the, the control that we thought we had, we, mm -hmm. we it's been illuminated that we don't, um, it's sink or swim time, isn't it? It really is. I remember it reminds me of a, of a story or a memory of, I was walking down the street with a friend of mine, just after lunch, and there was a homeless gentleman on the street and he was kind of screaming out. And my friend says, what, do you, what, what is that? And then she was expecting me to give some spiritual answer. And I said, oh, that is, uh, that is a soul cultivating the attribute of resilience. She goes, what do you mean? I said, mm -hmm. he's screaming out. He is, he is re releasing his inner repression. Anger is how we scream out to remember how free and indestructible we truly are. And so when people are screaming out, it's almost like resilience is being remembered. And then in the aftermath, as we start to become aware of resilience, we don't need to harbor things in our body. We don't need to suppress things in our emotions. And we can actually just be resilience and form, but adversity is there to trigger either anger or sadness. Mm -hmm. And through this transformational process of becoming unhinged and bringing ourselves out of hiding, we actually discover how strong and indestructible and resilient we truly are. So when people right now are angry, I would never want them to not be angry. I always suggest, especially in my book, here are positive, constructive ways to express your anger. It's not to hurt or harm yourself or anyone else. But truly, it's the facing of anger and the releasing of oppression that allows us to find out the resilience we've always had within us. Yeah. And you talk about the release of anger. The, the other thing that I'm seeing, feeling, you know, both individually and collectively is the grief yes. that is there. And I've, I've been sensing the collective grief for years now. And it's felt yes. like it's just it's just dying to be released, to be mm. faced, to, to, you know, and to be let go of um, in order for us to sort of connect more fully with our heart and the collective heart. Um, and it seems like our current situation with people dying, with, mm. with life not being as we thought it should be or would be, right. that we're having to let go and face the sadness. Uh, and, and how is that? serving us it's serving us because we have to mourn the loss of an old world that will never be the way it was again in order for a new world that will be beyond anything we can imagine to emerge so we have to face and grieve the loss of old reality so to create space to welcome in a brand new reality you know we can't just exchange one for the other we have to actually let the old reality die and it's been dying a slow death through a lot of interesting markers, you know, yeah. the, whether it's like, oh, and reality TV has changed our culture forever, or, you know, oh, and this person's been elected president and things are different than they've ever been. And it's, you know, I have no blame for anyone uh, because it's all the universe at play. This is all grace in progress. But in order for a new reality with fresh opportunities and new energy and new perspectives to emerge for each person and the world, we have to let the old dissolve. And that's a very emotional process. And if we just take our times and we heal at the speed of authenticity, we're all gonna find ourselves making our way sooner rather than later.
Love that. The speed of authenticity. Oh, oh gosh. Um, we've only got a couple minutes left and I want to make sure before we go any further, sure. people know how they can connect with you. And I know you've got some great things going on online so they yes. don't have to come to one of your packed events. Well, I'm hoping to get back to events soon, you know, as soon as possible, but we're also doing online events as well. But for all information for in-person or online events, um, to read my blogs, um, check out some of my best YouTube videos and to sign up for my free newsletter, please visit mattcon.org. And it's just a great resource and safe haven for all energetically sensitive souls. And it's a great uh, guiding light to help us find our way through this. And again, to make the most of the time we've been given to really become our higher selves in form. So that's M-A-T-T-K-A-H-N.org. Yes. Okay, Matt. So here we are. This hour has flown by. Yes. Do you have a final message for our viewers and listeners? When we spend more time loving ourselves through our experiences than being hypnotized by the things we see within our experience, but saying, wow, these things are happening. This is a lot. Don't I deserve more love now than ever before? When we focus on loving ourselves, it's not only to soothe the innocence of an individual, but it's to know that the universe created an individual that by loving itself, by bringing the energy of source into a body as love through our hearts, that love is equally distributed to all beings in all countries and continents. So self-love is not only what's going to get us through this, to transform us into better expressions of ourselves, but to energetically raise the vibration of the planet so that heaven on earth we are all manifesting can come even faster than this worldwide uncertainty. Imagine self-love. Yes. It's a tall order. And, um, you know, you, you've got great insights as well as some good little exercises and some great mantras in here. Um, you should get Matt's book and mattcon.org. Matt, it's been a joy to see you again mm -hmm. and to have you on. Um, I'm really grateful you joined us here today. Likewise. Thank you. And for those of you who are watching and listening, I'm grateful that you joined us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.